Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're listening to this broadcast or to this podcast, then you've probably found your way to the Smart Gilas Pilipinas podcast. In which case, welcome to the very first SGP podcast. My name is Stan. Hello, hello. My name is Ro. It's your boy. And we are the co-founders of Smart Gilas Pilipinas, That's which SGP is SGP to you, SGP for short. And uh, we are the official Filipino Smart Group. Official? That's 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 a big claim, bro. We're calling it right now. <laughs> Might as well own it. Might as well own it. We have a Facebook group. It's facebook.com/groups/smartgilaspilipinas, and we have a podcast right now. So that's as official as official can get. Now, why are we here in the first place? We we wanna we wanna spread awareness, spread education about wrestling here in the Philippines. And what better way than to actually talk about it? Kailangan mapag-usapan natin. Hindi lang yung we just watch it on TV or on the internet or wherever you get your fix of wrestling. You have to talk about it with the people who actually get to watch it with you. Um, it's okay. It's okay to say you're a fan. It's okay to cheer. It's okay to boo. It's okay to do your thing. But eventually, you're gonna want your own fix of, you know. Meaty discussion, intellectual discussion. There is a way to intellectually approach watching wrestling, and that's what we're here to do. And that's what we love to do, especially when we talk about things on Facebook. Yeah, we're such nerds about it. When you hear us, when you you know, when you read the comments, when you read our threads, we're gonna we're gonna be such nerds. And if you're a nerd like us, then this is the place for you. Smart Gilas Filipinas, this podcast, our group, it's for you. That's right. So without further ado, let's get to the meat and the nitty gritty of this week's uh, this week's podcast. This week's podcast is about WrestleMania 30. We are about eight, nine hours away or nine hours off from from catching WrestleMania 30. And for for me personally, it's uh, ten years after the very first WrestleMania that I caught, same, which was same. WrestleMania 20. That goes for both of us. Uh, we both had our first WrestleMania fix a good ten years ago. And as much as we would love to have say to to claim that we've been watching forever, we can't. We I've started since WrestleMania. That was my first WrestleMania. WrestleMania 20. Um, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit closing the show. John Cena winning the U.S. title in the beginning. That was my first WrestleMania. And that was a good WrestleMania to start off, I think. Um, it doesn't really hold up to previous WrestleManias, but I think it was a good starting point for a fan like me. Champagne first WrestleMania, but you never forget it. You never forget your first anything, whether it's your first date, your first job, your first paycheck, your first, uh, your first trip to the mo- <laughs> right, your first trip to the mall. Yeah. Who forgets that? Yeah, who who forgets that? So nobody forgets their first anything. Nobody get, n- nobody forgets their first WrestleMania. But now here we are in 2014, celebrating 30 years of WrestleMania. We are nine hours after the 30th anniversary of WrestleMania. We have landed. We have taken off. It's been a big moment. You can't deny it if you've seen the show. So now we are, we're here to talk about the aftermath. Like, what exactly went down and what does it mean for Una Una? What does it mean for the people we watch on TV, for the wrestlers themselves? Pangalawa, what does it mean for us, for us, the Smarks and the Marks, or even the casual fans who just read about these things on Rappler or on ABS CBN News? <laughs> we got to shut these guys out. All right, all right. And we have to start with the big stuff. We cannot, gla- we cannot glaze over the big stuff because that's what's happening. That's what's big. And what's big right now is, yes, 
Yes. 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 My friend Stan is wearing the, the no, no, no shirt. And that's really apropos for this podcast. <laughs> the Yes Movement finally, finally got its big payoff after having to go through a hell of an odyssey from SummerSlam 2013. Finally, Daniel Bryan defied the odds. He wrestled twice in WrestleMania. I don't even know the last time that somebody's wrestled twice at WrestleMania. Uh, so for Daniel Bryan to come out in the opener, beating Triple H, and then heading into the main event with an injury angle, mind you, an injured left shoulder in kayfabe. Clutch his arm to show in pain. Right. Uh, to, to fight against Orton and Batista for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. We all know what happened. 70-something thousand people loud over in New Orleans screaming yes as Daniel Bryan closed the show. WWE World Heavyweight Champion. You know, you know what's weird? We never even knew that it was going to happen. Like after the Royal Rumble, we never knew that that was going to be the end game. We thought it was going to be um, Batista versus Randy Orton because that's what's happened. That's what's happened. Um, we thought it was going to be a boring main event for WrestleMania 30 for the biggest show of the WWE so far. Batista versus Randy Orton. That's not what the people want, man. Ito na lang kala natin that the New Orleans crowd they were gonna crap on the main event. That they were just gonna boo the no, hell. Not just the New Orleans crowd, man. Every the whole world was gonna crap on Randy Orton versus Batista. And what what did it take to put Brian in that spot? What did it take, man? It took weeks and weeks of beating around the bush until finally they figured out they figured out that all they could do was. Put a stipulation in his match against Triple H. Wait, but why did they do that? Do you remember why they did that? Who left? Who left? That is the big question. And his name, it was chanted so many times throughout the night. The answer, of course, CM Punk. If he didn't leave, we wouldn't get Brian. Nobody would do anything about this. Um, the, the crowd was too loud to ignore. Uh, if anyone had to, if anyone had to do something about it, it was put Brian in that main event just to shut the crowd up. So the, now the question is, now that we all know that CM Punk wasn't there and that the result is that Daniel Bryan got to fight Triple H, Daniel Bryan got the stipulation, Daniel Bryan got to be in the main event, and Daniel Bryan got to win the main event, what would have happened if it didn't happen now? Let's say, sabihin na lang natin na wala si Bryan sa main event. Sabihin na lang natin na it was still Orton versus Batista. Or another, another uh, possibility that CM Punk was actually on the, on the card. What would have happened to Daniel Bryan and to the Yes movement? I honestly think um, the, the rumors around that time um, said that Daniel Bryan was going to fight Kane again uh, after um, so many PPV matches together. They were going to fight Kane again as part of the authority. That was going to be the plan. And CM Punk was going was gonna to fight Triple H. And he was going to be the standard bearer of the rebellion, so to speak. And honestly, while that could have been compelling, it's not exactly what the fans wanted. Yeah, it's not exactly what the fans wanted. And and now now knowing that we got what we wanted, do we still have to wonder what if? Is it actually still worth it to go around asking the question, what would have happened? No, no, no. We had a great match. We had two great matches tonight. We had a really, really good storytelling bout between Dan- Daniel Bryan and Triple H. Um, I have to say that I haven't witnessed it yet myself, but... Um, from all accounts, I cannot lie. I cannot doubt anyone who's seen it. Uh, it was it 
did sound of it did sound as a really good match. Here from here's a perspective uh, from somebody who actually got to see the match, who got to see Daniel Bryan versus Triple H. I marked the fuck out. I mean, just seeing uh, the Chris Benoit tributes, even though it was un, uh, even though they didn't want a lot of people to get it, just because of context, there were German suplexes going around. There was a crippler crossface right in the middle of the ring. How could I not notice that they were calling? They were throwing it back to ten years ago when Trips put Chris Benoit over in the main event of WrestleMania 20. That's because, you know, um, I don't know if you know this, but I learned this ten- this morning. Triple H really respected Chris Benoit or Voldemort, the man who shall not be named, as an in-ring worker. Um, that's probably why he took the chance to put him over 10 years ago. And I'm guessing he's doing the same now because nobody can be bothered to remember what happened 10 years ago because of the whole... Um, Chris Benoit incident, which we will not get into right now. But here's the thing: uh, no, uh, taking into context or taking it aside, now, we're not going to talk about Chris Benoit a lot in this podcast or at all in succeeding episodes. But in the build-up to WrestleMania, we did mention that Triple H has been known to be one of the biggest dicks in the industry. He has had that reputation. Now, Lagi, he would always put himself over everybody else. That's why there was always a joke that he had the shovel to bury everyone else. Honestly, I don't buy that. As much as people would like um, you to believe, other fans to believe. Just because uh, he buried uh, Chris Jericho, Booker T, Rob Van Dam, Goldberg, people Scott like Steiner. Those. Yeah, yeah, the people in the, in the video montage. I don't think that's really true. He did do his share of putting over guys back in the day. We had Benoit, we had Sheamus, we had Shelton Benjamin of all people after, right after WrestleMania 20. That was the first thing he did, put Benjamin over. And now... Um, whatever the result of tonight's matches have been, but we already know what they are now, had Brian lost or won, there would be no doubt in anyone's mind, there should have been no doubt in anyone's mind, that Daniel Bryan is a Triple H guy. And you could actually see it. The fact, the mere fact that Triple H put Daniel Bryan over at WrestleMania 30, it's an impambawi as a fact that he can't bring out WrestleMania 20 anymore because of context. Because of everything that happened, his biggest selfless act could not be brought out. But now, after WrestleMania 30, he has that saving grace. He can shove that in the face of every smart or every member of the IWC or internet wrestling community who would dare to call Triple H someone who just likes to bury people for the sake of burying people. So, and with that, uh, I think I think that pretty much tackles everything about the Daniel Bryan storyline and the aftermath. The only thing more, I guess, he could ask for if, is if he was the one who took the submission, who, who tapped out to Daniel Bryan's yes lock. If I guess that's what he would have wanted. But he's not the champion now. He's only a COO. He wasn't and, in the match. Yeah, that, well, he was in a match um, earlier in the show. But that's the least he can. That's the most he can do, I guess. But you know, I'm guessing he would have wanted to do more. Now, uh, no, that being said, I think it's time for us to kind of transition to our next talk point for WrestleMania. I, I tell you, it was a stacked card. So many things happened. Now, let's talk about the next biggest thing that happened, which coincidentally happened because of the next big thing. And I'm talking oh, about ne- Brock Lesnar. <laughs> he hasn't been called the next big thing since 2002. Get over yourself, man. That's why in 2014, we are officially, and we are saying it here, we are calling him the one because he's the one in 21 and 1. Who the hell knew that Paul Heyman would be right? Yeah, who? It wasn't a prediction. It wasn't a. It wasn't a prediction, right? That was what he said. It wasn't a prediction. It was a spoiler. Whoever, well, twenty-one years of winning would have people not believe Paul Heyman's spoiler. But I guess the question now is, tama ba yung sa WrestleMania? Was it? 
the right thing was was Brock Lesnar rightfully the one to end the streak? Here are the think? questions. Let, let's let's lay them out one by one. Number one, should the streak have ended in the first place? Yes or no? Number two, if the streak should have ended, who should have been the one to end it? Should it have been Brock Lesnar or should it, should it have been someone else? So let's tackle the first question first. Should the streak have ended? Yes or no? Well, you know, it's a thing. It's a plot device. A streak is a plot device to sell WrestleMania as an event every year. Um, that's a big draw. When, when you don't have anything concrete to, to hype people for the show yet, like early in January, that's what you have. People are going to talk about who's going to challenge for the streak this year. And, you know, even then, you could a, a smart, reasonable fan would agree that it had to end one day. Um, even if Undertaker is perceived to be supernatural. He's and not, immortal. He's not really immortal. The guy um, is pushing 50. 50 years old is the Undertaker. No, no, it's not about that. It's not about his age. It's about the fact that he has to fall sometime. And it's always going to be... It was never a, ma- a question of will it or should it end. It was always a matter of who was going to break it. So I think, yes, talaga namang matatalo siya some point. The streak was bound to end is what you're trying to say. Yeah, exactly. At some point, The Undertaker was going to retire and it's in not, the business. It's not should it end, it's who will end it. Right. Always been, always been. And it's a, it's a callback to the tradition in the wrestling business that wrestlers always go out on their backs. Think back to Shawn Michaels in 2010. Think back to uh, Flair. Ric Flair in 2008. <laughs> who, who, whose career was ended by Shawn Michaels. Exactly, right? Like There are very few wrestlers whose last matches actually ended in a win, like Trish Stratus and Edge. Those are the only names I can think of off the top of my head whose last matches ended in a win. Coincidentally, Lita who lost to Trish Stratus, also had her last match. They had their last match together at Unforgiven in 2007. But going back, we, we digress from, from, from uh, Taker and Brock. Right, now, now let's get to the next question. Um, we know that the streak should have ended. It was going to end sometime. Sino dapat? Who was supposed to have ended the streak no, 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 wait, if wait, not wait. Brock? Before, before we go to that, I think we should ask ourselves, since we know that the streak would have ended sooner or later, I think the question is, should it, should it have ended Tonight at WrestleMania 30. I mean, it's a big event. It's the 30th anniversary of WrestleMania, and that calls for a big for big moments across the board. Yeah. But does that justify the streak ending tonight? If you ask me, and I think you're asking me because I'm the only one I see in this room. <laughs> That's right, right. You go big or you go home. If you're gonna end the streak, you end it at the biggest WrestleMania possible, and that would probably be at the at the tail end of a decade or at the start of a new one. WrestleMania 30 would have been a great place, and I wouldn't have blamed them. Now they decided to just end it at WrestleMania 30. So you're saying that no matter who was, no matter who Undertaker was facing tonight, it would have, it should have ended tonight. Well, if the, it was going to end. Yeah, the timing would have been appropriate, I guess. And considering that Undertaker honestly doesn't really have a lot of miles left in that tank, so he might as well make the most out of it. Get get a decent, good match, habang kaya panya, and you do it at a pay per view that was really bound to be a landmark moment or a, a milestone, talaga for for the for not just WrestleMania as a brand, but for the company. I don't know. I don't think it should matter. It should hinge on what WrestleMania it is now. I think. Undertaker is too much of a legend to to base that to base the ending of a streak around you know time. It should be on him, not on the WWE. I think um, if you ask anyone, if you ask him, he can always go for one more match every year. But if he wasn't ready yet, I don't think it should have ended yet. But on, on the other hand, 
if he did decide that he was going to be he wanted to retire now yeah. okay I'll, I'll, I'll live with that decision so I guess the question now is was Brock the right guy was Brock the right guy and that question has been on my mind for the last nine hours and if you ask me right now I don't think Brock was the right guy just because I've always believed that the streak was yes it was a plot device but it was supposed to be a plot device meant to boost someone who was an up and comer someone who needed to push more Brock Lesnar will be Brock Lesnar. He's done enough shit throughout his career to be justified to be in the main event of whatever pay-per-view you want to face whichever champion anytime he wanted. He had Paul Heyman on his side. He, he's got everything, like history, going in his favor as a former champion both in the WWE and in the UFC. He didn't need it. He didn't need the boost. I would have believed, and knowing Undertaker, at least knowing the kind of guy we perceive him to be, he would have probably wanted his streak to be ended by somebody... Uh, who needed the credibility to rub off on him? Took the ro- took the words right out of my mouth, man. Um, that's right. Uh, nobody established needs to end the streak. They don't need the the glamour of having ended the streak. I think I agree that it should have gone to someone who deserved it as an up and comer, as someone who needs a push forward in in their status in the company. And my personal my personal champions for this is either Bray Wyatt or Roman Reigns of The Shield. I would have thought of those two guys as well, but let me insert another two names. Let's assume, let's go back to Daniel Bryan. Let's assume he wasn't in the main event. I would have been fine with Bryan taking on the streak had they come up with a storyline that was equally compelling. Mm -hmm. If Bryan beat the streak, I would have taken that over a title win. Let's say yun lang yung choices. I would have been okay with Bryan ending the streak. It would have been great, but... Not the right time for that storyline. He's um, the storyline against Triple H and the Authority and Randy Orton has been set in motion since SummerSlam. And if you if you shoehorn Daniel a feud between Daniel Bryan and the Undertaker, it's gonna be looks it's gonna look so out of place. It's gonna be weird. Um, it would be a great outcome. It would be something to look forward to. But it's gonna be weird. Um, people would want to see Bryan kick Hunter's ass a little more. Okay. How about this guy then? How about Cesaro? What if Cesaro was there instead? Let's say, uh, you know, uh, take him out of the fatal four-way tag team match, take him out of the battle royal. What if Cesaro instead of Bray Wyatt or instead of Roman Reigns? Uh, not this year. Not this year. They haven't built Cesaro up. I mean, um, he's, he's, a good, he's a good, strong up-and-comer. Um, he's been wowing crowds with his strength, with his performances lately. But with skill. But there hasn't been enough momentum going in there. Um, I think all the momentum belongs right now to Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns. Um, Roman Reigns has been, you know, pretty much the breakout star of the Shield. He's by, been in by beast an, mode by an inch. He has been in beast yeah. mode for quite some time. Like ever since the Royal Rumble, Roman Reigns has been beasting. Yeah, exactly, and that's the momentum he needs, and with, and he, that's what he has over a lot of guys, um, except for Bray Wyatt, who is always. You know, commanding crowds with this really, really freaky out, out this world, out of the box performances. I love the charisma coming out of Bray Wyatt. Let me just spend a, a like a good thirty seconds just praising the guy because of his character and and how he's very captivating, both new fans oh, 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 and established it. fans yeah, alike. Save it for later. We've been talking. We're gonna get to Brian. To we Bray are, Wyatt. Later. Okay, okay. We're gonna get to Bray Wyatt later on. But I guess, I, I guess, going back to the streak ending, we both agree at some point now. If, if somebody was going to end it and somebody was going to end it, it shouldn't have been Brock. 
And I think that was the shock. Eh? That was the shock factor that, that really got to us, to you, me, and everybody else who saw WrestleMania 30 live or downloaded it later on to catch it uh, through, through legal yeah, means. Whatever hope, have you. Yeah. Uh, th- through whatever means you had. Yeah, if you have the WWE Network, then good on you. Man. Good for you. Good for you. Sulit yun. I mean, yeah, Jerry Lawler I'm so says jealous it of you. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, but the shock factor... Hindi mo, hindi, hindi mo ma, ano eh, matatanggal eh. The shock factor hey, you know was what? there. You know what? You know what? Uh, after Brock scored the pinfall, right? Yeah. There was no reaction. There was silence all across, right. all across the Silverdome. Uh, Superdome or whatever whatever it's called You now. pulled a Hogan. I did. What? Yeah, because Hogan actually said Silverdome instead of Superdome. And then and no. the Superdome booed the fuck out of him. Uh, whatever, whatever. I digress. Um, it's weird because the silence was... Totally inappropriate reaction to the streak being uh, to the streak being ended that way. Uh-huh. But at the same time, how do we know? I mean, of course we know. How is it not a reaction to the to the anticlimax anticlimactic finish that was the that was uh, you know three F fives and suddenly he goes out because you expect Undertaker to you know to put a shoulder up. That's what he always does. Or huh? to sit up. Yeah, that's what he that's what he always does. He takes a shitload of. Sweet, sweet chin musics, pedigrees, sledgehammer shots to the head. GTSs. Exactly. And he always sits up. But three F5s, wow. Three F5s put him away. Who, who, who would have who thought, man? You know, I, I was actually watching it live along with a lot of Pinoy wrestling fans. And my first reaction when Brock scored the pinfall was complete and utter disbelief just because I was wondering if it was actually meant to happen. Right. I had to be afraid for the Undertaker's physical well-being because I already knew, and a lot of us knew, it was no secret that Undertaker wasn't in the best shape. So that's why he only has one match a year. For those who don't know, yeah. So the ang isipin mo parang may nakamali ba? Did someone fuck up? Did did Brock pull another shooting star press, for example? Well, to answer your question, uh, there has been a rumor. Well, not a rumor. It's been confirmed that uh, the Undertaker has been rushed to the hospital right after the match, and. The reason for that, they report, is that he suffered a legitimate concussion early on in the match um, at Brock's hands. And we don't know how true that is, but we do know that it, it is true that he was rushed to the hospital. So I think um, if you thought it was a not the best Undertaker or Brock Lesnar match you've seen in a while... There's then a reason. Th- that's why. And, that, and that's... It's it's fair in a way because we expect these two guys to be that good and put out uh, a good performance. You know, the last time we saw Taker um, in WrestleMania, he was putting out a good show against Punk. The last time we saw Lesnar, he was putting on also a good show against Punk. But oh, was it that? Was it he was against match? Big Show actually? Oh, against Big Show. But the last Lesnar match I can recall was against Punk, and, as it should be. And <laughs> <laughs> and you expect these two guys who are good at what they do. You expect these two guys to light it up, and that's not what happened um, earlier today, or, uh, tonight, last night, and it was kind of a letdown. The streak should not have gone that way, gone gone out that way. It should have ended with a bang, but you know that's not what happened. And it's a shame. It's a crying shame, especially for people who grew up worshiping the streak. Hell, when I started watching wrestling, the streak wasn't well, even you, a thing. You can't grow up worshiping the streak because the streak was something that was created. Um, um, Around WrestleMania 22, um, it was a fairly recent um, develop uh, creation. Yeah, and you can only say you grew up with it if you're a kid. Okay, okay, fine. I'll, ta- I'll, I'll uh, let's agree to disagree. Just because I don't know. Uh, para sa akin, ang laking bagay pa rin na- Oh, first of all, definitely. You know, throughout throughout my entire fandom, the streak was there. It's a sports myth. 
Yeah. So you no. always keep it secret. It's a, it's a sports storyline that is you know taken forever to build up. And right. Whether it was built up intentionally or unintentionally, it was a good thing to market the show around. Yeah. I mean, wrestlers come and go. The streak was there. It was constant. So I guess uh, from a personal standpoint, it's a matter of letting go. Letting go of the fact that you know the streak happened and uh, imp- um, emphasis on happened past tense because it's And um, I think it was also Taker's decision to go out with a loss tonight. Um, the only problem is, is that okay? Um, should this be the last? Should be? Should this really be how we remember the streak going out? I say no. I wish. I I wish that this was not the way we. Would uh, we would see the streak to go out, which is on a whimper instead of on a, uh, on a bang. But I I can't do any fantasy booking right now. And truth be told, like to be very very frank, no amount of fantasy booking can change what just happened. That's true. That's true. I guess we'll have to live with it. And twenty two twenty one one. It's there's it's, there's no. It's never gonna have a good ring to it as you know twenty two zero or twenty one zero. Right. But I guess that's the reality now. And if Taker really chose. Um, WrestleMania 30 to end his career, then I guess we cannot have a problem with that. Um, it's his choice. It's his body. It's his career. If he wanted to, do, if he wanted to do it, I'm gonna let it go. So be it. Yeah. So with that, we would like to thank you, Undertaker. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, Taker, for 22, 20, 22, 22, 22 great years. WrestleManias. Yes. Well, they weren't all great WrestleManias. Thank you, Giant Gonzalez. But thank you, Undertaker, nonetheless, for all of those all those memories throughout pretty much our formative years in wrestling. That's true. That's true. I can't argue against that. So now that we know that Brock Lesnar is is established on top after defeating the Undertaker, what's next for him? I mean, what is next for wow, Brock Lesnar? I mean, what hasn't he conquered? That's a big thing to put beside your name, Brock Lesnar. End of the streak. End of the WrestleMania streak. Right. What now? I think the only the only logical conclusion now, the only next step, is to eventually, sooner or later, challenge for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. So, WWE World Heavyweight Championship match. Brock Lesnar against the incumbent champion, Daniel Bryan. What about that? Think about... Think about Daniel Bryan fully realizing his underdog status against the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar. These For two one, have never met, yo. These um, two have never met. That's Punk right. Punk has met both guys. Punk has not survived against Bryan. Uh, Lesnar. He's not survived Taker either. Oh, that's true. That's true. And uh, damn, like, you know Bryan can take out Orton. He, it's been done multiple times. You, can, you know Bryan can take out Triple H. Because he, he John, did that. Yeah. Take out John Cena. He did that. And Batista. But he did that, technically. But, wow, Brock Lesnar. I am legitimately afraid for anyone who's facing Brock Lesnar in the ring. Not like, you know, kayfabe afraid. You know, the fake afraid. Like, actual afraid for their well-being, man. You know you know how Brock Lesnar is in the ring. He's right. really, he's reckless to a fault, but it's highly entertaining recklessness. But it's still reckless. Think back to Extreme Rules 2012, that match that John Cena had against Brock Lesnar. Within five minutes of the opening bell, one of them was already bleeding. One of them was already bleeding within five minutes of the opening bell, and that was an Extreme Rules match between Cena and Lesnar. And remember, (laughs) we're in the PG era, where they try as best as possible not to fucking bleed. Yo, man, do you know what they call Brock Lesnar on Twitter? My Twitter friends from Lords of Pain. You know what they call him? YOLO Lesnar. Hashtag YOLO Lesnar. Because he does not give a fuck. 
parang wala putang ina. I don't give a shit. I'm Brock Lesnar. I'm gonna kick I'm your a big, ass. I'm a big guy. I'm an animal. I'm gonna kick your ass. Here's the thing though. If you take an underdog story like Daniel Bryan as the defending champion and you put him up against a beast like Brock Lesnar, you know the first thing that comes to mind? Think back to No Way Out 2004. Who was Brock Lesnar's opponent then? Our boy, Eddie Guerrero, WWE Championship match at the Cow Palace, San Francisco. No way out, baby. February 15, 2004. That was the last time a legit underdog actually got to face and defeat Brock Lesnar. But what a lot of people don't remember is that Eddie took advantage of a distraction to the champion. All right, all right. Goldberg with a spear. And you know what? Not just that. Um, You say that it's the first time... Um, Brock put over an underdog But You know what First of all I think he would have put over Benoit If he had a chance If he was told to But At the same time I think If he wasn't leaving the company by then Yeah I do not think he was gonna put anyone over I think he was He was gonna come into Wrestlemania as champion Probably Take on Kurt Angle Or Eddie Guerrero Or Or, or both of them or Both of them I I just think it was I, I love Eddie He's the best in the world the true best in the world, but I honestly think he didn't have a chance if it were a normal day in Brock Lesnar's WWE career. So a lot of things, a lot of things just went right for Eddie Guerrero, which is why he ended up becoming a WWE champion, which is why he ended up becoming a legend. But we're here now. We're in 2014. What chance does Daniel Bryan have of actually retaining his championship wait, wait, against a Brock Lesnar? Before we even go to that, um, when is this going to happen first? When do you think this is going to happen? When is... Um, Brock Lesnar, you know, he's a guy who's been proclaiming that he's been the he is the number one contender since January. Yeah. Um, right after the the, the WWE and World Heavyweight Championships were unified, um, nobody was really staking a claim to the contendership. He went on old school Raw and just made his own claim. Exactly, exactly. So while he has the accolade of defeating the Undertaker at WrestleMania, to his name, um, when is this gonna happen? When do you think it's gonna, this is gonna happen? I wouldn't be surprised, to be very honest with you, if it happened at Extreme Rules, as soon as Extreme Rules. Mm, but really? I believe in a rematch. I would, I, I would want to see at least Orton or Batista try to get another chance at Orton. Or maybe, you know, you just need to... Y- y- yung storyline with the, with the authority, magkaka... Ano um, mom pa siya. And, and it's gonna have its denouement. <laughs> denouement, really? French literary term. At extreme rules. Yo, we're busting out. That's how nerdy we get up in here. If you like that kind of stuff, please join SGP. Facebook.com slash group slash Smart Gilas Pilipinas. We don't just talk about, you know, how you felt. We really talk about how the story goes. You know, cheap plug out. <laughs> All right, so let's go back. Uh, if not extreme rules, then when? I don't know. I think there's a lot of. Unfinished authority business. First of all, Randy Orton's gonna, you know, he's gotta. Maybe rematch clause, yeah. Yeah, rematch clause, definitely. And I think he's gonna, you know, rest up. I don't know. He could rest up or he could cash it in tomorrow uh, tomorrow night at uh, Raw, you know, because Daniel Bryan just went through two grueling matches. Why not put him through a third one? Yeah, exactly. And it could work. That's how they go. But it could either. It, assuming it happens at Extreme Rules, I think Batiste is gonna. Take his claim next at the PPV after that. I'm not sure which it which it is. It might be. It might be payback again. Is it? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, we're we're gonna have to get back to you on that. The former over the limit. The current payback. Let's see. Let's uh, see. So I guess it would at the earliest. It probably would be the June or July pay per view. July is Money in the Bank, if I remember correct, remember it correctly. And Money in the Bank 
um, you know, as an aside, it should be promoted as a big four event. That's just me. Anyway, I think Brock Lesnar would possibly challenge at Money in the Bank, if not earlier. That's just me. And that's really interesting considering the timing. Because what if? Uh, I mean, I mean, SummerSlam is happening in August, and you know what? What else happens in August? Guardians of the Galaxy oh, happens God. in August. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you, so you think Batista is gonna is gonna do his thing there? Maybe Batista might be champion. Like, if not August, maybe as early as June, because you're gonna have to promote the shit out of that film. All right. And all right. and I I wouldn't know. Um, it could be a very short lived title reign for our boy D. Bryan, but. Uh, right now, let's just be happy that he's champion and let's celebrate. And with so that, we are in agreement that Brock Lesnar is going to go after Daniel Bryan and his championship. That's true. Yes. Yes. Because in the words of Brock Lesnar himself, "Let's do this." <laughs> that was that was not I was not expecting that, folks. That was not in the script. That was can you do that again. <laughs> Please do it again. Let's do this. Right. <laughs> No, but, but seriously, uh, I, I really think that, uh, that that's that's what's going to happen. With that, uh, we'd like to talk now about Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who Bray wa- Wyatt. Who everybody expected him to come out as a star at WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. Every, the whole, everyone's predictions for this uh, Bray Wyatt versus John Cena match, everyone wanted um, Cena to put uh, Bray Wyatt over because that's what Cena does now. He's getting old. He's, you know, he's on the downhill of his career. He's in the business of putting young people over. That's what he He's did. entered Chris Jericho territory. Kind of, kind of. Not quite there yet. He's but on still, the way. He's still big enough to you know, hold another title here and there. Yeah. Um, but Shawn Michaels. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Shawn Michaels stopped holding the championship you know, in the last, what, 10 years of his career. Oh, no. Actually, now that I think about it, he only was champion like once. I mean, he had that world heavyweight title stint in 02 yeah, and then the tag a, team that championship. Was that was a transitional reign. And, That's right. And Cena is now, it's almost at that point. So we expected Cena to put Bray Wyatt over because that's what he does. That's what he did for, you know, for Bryan at SummerSlam really cleanly. And imagine our surprise. We um, got something totally different. Yeah, it was... You know, as it wasn't were, bad, different. It wasn't bad, different. Not necessarily bad, different, but it was weird. And you know what? Knowing Bray Wyatt after all these months, we should have expected weird. We should have. Um, for those who don't know, we're gonna spoil you right now. What happened was that Bray Wyatt literally begged John Cena to hit him with a chair and get it over with. Not just hit him with a chair. Simula palang. He wanted Cena to come out and attack the fuck out of him. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then right after that, and he tempted him with a chair. He tempted him with all of these tactics you would expect out of a heel superstar. Embrace the dark side, Cena. And Sound familiar? Oh, yes. We'll get to that in a bit. We'll get to that in a bit. And, you know, the opposite ended up happening. Cena won. Um, what was the story of the Cena, of the Cena-Wyatt match? Because it's the storyline building up to that match versus the match. Mismo. We got something a bit off-tangent. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, it's basically a rehash of the Cena and Kane uh, rivalry from two years ago, from early 2011. 2012. 2012, I'm sorry. Right after, uh, right after the Cena and Zack Ryder storyline. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Zack Ryder was re- unfortunately relegated to a supporting role in that story, but um, Kane wanted Cena to embrace his dark side, his inner monster. And for and the rest of us marks, that meant we wanted Cena to turn heel. Yes, that's exactly what it means, yes. And... That's what happened now. And, you know, it is the same story, but it doesn't feel like the same story because, you know, uh, Kane, uh, Bray Wyatt is not as corny as, as a villainous 
demonic monster character as Kane is, you know, because Kane's character has taken a lot of beatings throughout the years thanks to WWE creative. Here's my take on that. The re- the reason why it's different was because in 2012, ang challenge ni Kane yung yung kayfabe value si Cena, hustle, loyalty, and respect. The same that, thing, yo. No, that that's what that's what Kane attacked. See Bray Wyatt, his approach was yung legacy mo. Eh. Like, what kind of legacy do you want? How how do you want to be remembered by these people? Um, what what Kane tried to attack was the values that Cena held. What Bray Wyatt attacked was yung paniniwala yung paniniwala ni Cena sa sarili niya, his own confidence. Yeah, exactly, and that's what happened in the match. Cena, uh, Bray Wyatt wanted Cena to embrace his monster, to you know get himself disqualified, uh, use a chair, you know things like that, to, just to beat the shit out of him. Which he did, but not on Bray Wyatt. Yeah, on the other guys, right? Because he he did hit Rowan with a chair. He speared Luke Harper through the barricades, which was an OMG moment if you played WWE 2K13 or 14. Basically, uh, for all the guys, for all the people, and I've seen people online cry out about how Bray Wyatt's momentum has been stopped by Cena winning and beating him. That's not true. That's not what happened. That's not how. That's not how we saw it. Because how do you, you're crying that he was buried? But how do you bury a guy who literally begged to lose? How do you bury a guy who literally did not give a fuck about winning? All he wanted to do was fuck with Tina's mind. And you he know, did. dirty without a condom, like P. Diddy in, you know, yeah, it's a joke. Anyway, he actually he, did. He does not give a shit about winning this match. He just wants to destroy good guy John. And here's the thing. He almost did. Good guy John won, but he still came out short. Parang feeling mo natalo pa rin si Cena in some respect. Yeah, you know, you know what? You know, I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but right after the pinfall, yeah. Cena was like, you know, distraught. He was he had yeah. this distressed look on his face. I, I saw that. And that's why I could tell nga na parang, hindi. hindi siya, it, was, it wasn't a moral victory. He just and won. That's a Pyrrhic victory. Uh, Pyrrhic Thank victory you. is a victory in which... You won, but you lost a lot of things in the process. Of you winning. win the battle, but you lose the war. A, not yeah. Okay, fine. You can put it that way, and that's some really great acting by John, and that's what elevates this story beyond, beyond. Well, first of all, beyond Kane versus Cena back in 2012. How about beyond its place on the card? Beyond its place on the card, but unfortunately, events later on, you know, Taker losing and Brian winning would overshadow it. But that's okay. That's okay. Um, that's what that was. That is what was meant to happen, and that's why. And that's why my my buddy Romeo here actually would like to call the Bray Wyatt John Cena match at me. Hey, 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 don't don't steal my thunder. Bro. I'm, I'm not stealing. Yes, your you thunder. are. You were about to. I was leading thunder. into it. I was leading <laughs> hey, into hey, it. Right. I was holding your hand. All right, all right. Towards this it. This is what I thought about it. It came to me right after processing what just happened there. Because to be honest with you, I wasn't completely following the John Cena versus Bray Wyatt story. As it was building up before WrestleMania, and now that it, uh, now that I've seen it unfold, um, at least up to this chapter, I can tell you now that this entire feud is the win- the Captain America Winter Soldier, as in the movie which just came out. I, ho- I hope you've seen it; it's really great. It's the Winter Soldier of wrestling. Why do I say that? Why do I say that? Stan, do you understand why I say that? Uh, no, no. But l- do explain, please, for the benefit of myself and everybody else. I have to um, go on a tangent here because I'm going to have to talk about the movie. Um, the movie is basically, in a nutshell, um, Captain America, 
um, who was born and raised and blossomed and grew up in the 1940s in back in a time back in a time that was more pure than anything. Yeah, um, a much innocent, a much more innocent time. Yeah, um, he was. That movie was about him coming to terms and living in a world that has gone, that has grown much more cynical, much more evil. Um, th- the lines between good and evil have been blurred. Black and white is blurred. Gray, gray areas in the middle, and that is what Cena is going through right now. Cena is Captain America, the superhero, good guy. And the evil world is represented by Bray Wyatt. Because he does bring that chaotic element. Exactly. Exactly. And he brings the realistic, gritty element that you can't always go through this world, this life, and this world as the good guy. Sometimes you have to break rules. Sometimes you have to cross over to the gray area. It, now, now you remind me of The Dark Knight. Something about uh, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself it's become the not villain. not quite like that. Um, maybe in a way, since John has lived long enough to see himself as the villain, as the many boos would have you believe. Yeah. But it's really more of a morality play that can Cena, does Cena have to embrace his inner monster to win? Because, mm. and does Cena have to take Bray's bait? Touche. Good point. And that's why I call it the Winter Soldier of Wrestling. And I'm now r- much more excited to see how this goes on. And it's likely that they'll extend it to something that is more played out than anything. But really, I am more excited to see how they handle this. Your thoughts on on whether Wyatt will eventually come out on top or if good will eventually prevail? Because WrestleMania analysis is Well, I think, you know what? Ironically, as much as I would love Cena and as much as I see Cena as someone who puts over the young guys... I think if Brian, if sorry Brian, Bray Wyatt wins against him, if he destroys Cena, then it's not going to be a good ending to the storyline. Um, I think they have to find an ending that is that both they have to find an ending that both um, protects Cena and protects Wyatt. Fair enough, fair enough. And with that, can we can we get to our, uh, the next the next match? Which I nusimula, uh, I really wanted to talk about this just because. Of the reactions that I that I had, are we talking about what what I think you're talking about? Because I have a lot to say about this match. All right, uh, let's get right to it. Let's talk about the Andre the Giant oh, Memorial Battle yes. Royal. I'm so glad that you started talking about this match. You because, know why? Why? Because I still don't know what the fuck this is for. <laughs> <laughs> he, ha- he my my friend actually makes a very very solid point. I've been making this point ever since uh, this match was announced on. When was this announced? It was announced a good month. Uh, no, uh, Hogan announced. When this, Hogan right? came out as guest host, that's when he announced the battle royal. What was that? That was like a month ago, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, about a month ago. So it had a month's worth of buildup. You had many rivalries, pretty much converging into this storyline. Uh, to name a few, Seamus Alberto Del Rio. You had the Seamus Christian storyline. Basically, story the guys who are everybody who didn't have a match. Not just that. Basically, the guys who have once held a world title but are not doing anything now because they don't have. Because the writers don't have anything good for to, them. Yeah, for them. Plus everyone else who just didn't really have anything, period, like 3MB. Which is really sad because um, there are good, there, there is a good match. I mean, there are good matches that can come out of that because the Intercontinental Champion was in that match. Cody and Goldust were in that match. Exactly, and they could have split up at WrestleMania 30. We've been clamoring for Cody versus Goldie since WrestleMania 28. But that's beside the point. 
fine. Uh, so so let, let's, let's 27 actually, 27, but that's beside the point. Let's take it back then to, to the actual match. And it was a shocker, it was a surprise for, for, for me at least that Cesaro came out on top. Wait, no, wait. Before we even talk about Cesaro, I still need to address the question of what the fuck is this match for? I, I guess, oh, this is just me trying to rationalize it. Just the mere spectacle. I think they mentioned it in the pay-per-view. It's the first ever annual Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which means that there will be more to come. So I guess it will set a precedent. Parang King of the Ring. That yeah. naman, but when you're King of the Ring, you're just the King of the Ring. You don't really get a title shot. No, that but didn't ha- no, that didn't happen until like later on. When Edge won King no, of the Ring, he didn't get a title shot. All right, let me let me talk about King of the Ring for a quick moment here. King of the Ring, um, whether it was the version that saw it saw saw it unfold over you know a few weeks and yeah. end on the pay per view with the finals, yeah, or it was a version that saw you know the entire tournament being held in one night. Uh huh. King of the Ring was huge. For a wrestler, because it meant you, um, this one guy, like it meant the king of the ring was the king of the ring because he beat a lot of other guys, a lot, many, many other guys in quick succession. Like he was that damn good. But in this match, it's different because it's just a battle royal. Um, you have to toss people at the top rope, and that's how you win. That's not, you know, when you think about it, that's not as much effort as. Beating a lot of guys in a row. Okay. So that being said, there's not a lot of effort. The question remains, parang, what what for? So our expectations. There's are, a huge ass trophy. Yeah, there's a huge with trophy. With under the giant on it. Which doesn't come with a title shot. Not even a mid tier championship yeah, title shot. Yeah, if, if I were the bookers, I would give the winner any title shot of his choice. Because so parang money in the bank. It, it, you hit two birds with it, you hit two birds with one stone there because not only do you elevate the winner but you also give importance to um you know a mid card t- championship right right and you give all these guys something to fight for because when's the last time the 3MB actually fought for something we gave a fuck about exactly well tag team championships <laughs> or 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 maybe early on when Heath Slater was actually part of the Nexus remember that so oh, that's true that's true but i guess um there is still time to fix this i think if raw tomorrow um, addresses the champ, the winner, uh, by giving him, you know, something, anything. Then I think, okay, okay, I can. We can forgive can, that. Yeah, I can let us go. I can let us go now. All right. So now expectations versus reality. Uh, I would be lying if I said that my Big Show was not my pick. Like I expected Big Show to win. This is Big Show's match to lose. Uh, you know what? Because I didn't really give a shit about this match. Yeah. I did not pick a you know a serious a, a serious winner. I didn't really care who won this match. Um, you were right in saying that Big Show could take it all, but there are other guys like Dolph Ziggler right. who could win it. Um, and people were chanting for Dolph. Like people really were yeah, invested he's probably in, the his, second, in his fate. Or he was probably the most over wrestler in this match. Yeah. And. Maybe it would have been him. Maybe it would have been Miz. Maybe it would have been Kofi, Kofi or anyone in the mid card who needs a push. Maybe it could have been Shameless. Um, I didn't really give a shit. Here's the thing for me: uh, any opportunity that could elevate somebody was good. Would would be good. I would have taken it, and that's why I'm actually happy that Cesaro beat Big Show because for one, naging WrestleMania moment didn't you? The fact that Cesaro was able to toss Big Show out. I think that was a callback to um, Hulk Hogan body slamming Andre the Giant at WrestleMania. Three, if I remember correctly. That that's right, that's right. Or if you want a more recent one, WrestleMania twenty, when John Cena gave Big Show the FU. Nobody remembers that. Ah, well, 
<laughs> I, re- I you know I remember it, but it's not you know it's not it's a big n- moment as Hogan Andre. Definitely, definitely. But for a Cena fan, that's something you will remember like for all eternity. And I would have I would have thought of it. I would have expected it to be a big WrestleMania moment if it was for something. But you know, since it wasn't really for something at the beginning, right now it still isn't for anything. I really don't care. As much as I love Cesaro, as much as I believe he is the future, yeah. and this win solidifies it one way or another, I really do not care yet unless they fix it tomorrow at Raw. Here's the hoping then that they actually do fix this at Raw because I, I was a fan of the Cesaro win. I liked it so much. And I hope that it is worth it, this, this whole me caring thing. Now, Cesaro, that was, that was actually his second match, you know, Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Earlier on in the card, he was on the pre-show. That was a great, that was, that was a great segue. He was part of the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team match, which uh, pit the defending champions, the Usos, against the Real Americans, against uh, Los Matadores, and against Rybaxel. My boys, Los Matadores. Now, your thoughts on the tag team match getting bumped down to the pre-show. You know what? I hate... I hate it when this happens, to be honest with you. It happens so much on regular pay-per-view, and I guess it was even more of a, of a risk at WrestleMania because WrestleMania is a big show, and even though you have four hours to fill, um, there's always going to be a bigger moment to replace it, to, to replace a smaller moment with. And to be honest with you, I was afraid that there was going to be silly impromptu matches. But and, there weren't. Yeah, and I'm so glad... That's that's my main point. I'm so glad that those that that didn't happen. There were no um, impromptu matches. Um, there was no, you know, weird uh, filler matches between jobbers or divas because everyone was either at the in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal or at the Divas Invitational Battle Royal. And and having said that, it's I, I am okay with the tag match, the tag title match being bumped down to the pre-show because it all turned out for the better. Um, There were no, as I said, there were no filler matches. There were no... No awkward gaps. No awkward gaps. Every, almost every match was at their proper length except for probably the Shield match. Which we will get to in just a bit. But since um, everything worked out fine, okay, I am fine with the tag match being bumped down. I'm glad you are because I actually am not. I mean, really? I, I've always been a fan of tag team championship oh, matches. Of course, there is no doubt. I, I Every would've... time that I get into pay-per-view, I would definitely be tuned in. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that I like the fact that uh, that the match was bumped down. I'm just saying I'm okay with it because everyone, everything turned out great. But of course, I would like to see... Of course, I would like to have the tag title matches be represented on the main card of the biggest show of the, in, of the year. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just look at the Usos now as like the equivalent of Daniel Bryan circa 2011. Remember when he had that, that US title match Dapat with Sheamus which got bumped down to the dark match? No, nobody remembers that. Exactly. E- exactly. <laughs> That's the point. That's the point. Nobody remembers that. And I, it, it would suck as somebody like me who loves tag team wrestling. Now, you know, five years down the road, no one, very few people would remember that a great or, or a decent fatal four-way tag match actually occurred at WrestleMania 30. And I guess that's the biggest takeaway that I can get from the, this feeling of no, but being shortchanged. That's being unfair because you're shortchanged, but, in, but you know, when you think about it, it wasn't like the match was hidden from you. It, you can view it on the WWE app, on the WWE Network, on YouTube. Um, it was um, the crowd, the live crowd saw it all, all full. Yeah. So... How do you how do you say that this was a short change a, sh- a short changing because it wasn't hidden from anyone you can see it whenever you want to 
Okay, okay. Again, we will agree to disagree. But uh, we were talking about timing earlier. We were talking about how because the tag match got bumped down to the pre-show, all of the other matches got appropriate time such that there was nothing awkward except for one match, which I, I for the life of me, I still don't get why it was a squash match. I'm talking about The Shield versus The Authority. I, I don't know why it was a squash match, but um, judging from the reactions of everyone else, because personally I have not seen it yet, um, they were okay with it because anytime you put the shield in a position where they just do their thing, it, which is own every motherfucker on in the ring against them, people pop. It's a good thing. I know the shield individually are good workers themselves. We've they seen are. That they in are. Elimination Chamber versus the Wyatt uh, match of the year candidate. I guess people, the shield. Power bombing people, spear- Roman Reigns fearing bitches, you know, Rollins stomping people to the ground. That's what that's what people came to see, and I that's, think that's what they what, do. I think that's, I think people get their money's worth just from seeing that. Sayang lang because I uh, there was this expectation on my end at least that the New Age Outlaws would have really worked a great, a long or a drawn out story story with uh, the Shield. Because they want, uh, there were reports that came out that Billy and and Road Dog wanted to work with the Shield at WrestleMania, which is why they requested for that match to actually take place. So now you had Kane and the Outlaws versus the Shield, and then the match goes down. Badass entrances for both teams, by the way, and then the Shield just opens a can of whoop ass we haven't seen in in, in ages. Like for the first time since uh, since the Shield started losing to the good guys, they looked strong again. And it, I guess it was great because this time they had the backing of the universe. Like everybody was expecting them to kick ass and they did exactly as they were expected to do. I guess we will never know because um, maybe it's leading up to something bigger for Extreme Rules. Maybe there's going to be a better you know, shield match against these guys again. Because I'm not, I'm, I don't think this is the last we've seen of the New Age Outlaws and Kane against the shield. But in a way, I think something... You know, it might have had to do with the people's clamor for a Shield versus Wyatt family match again. A rematch from Elimination Chamber because that's what they wanted to see. And maybe because it's not what they... Because this match was not what they wanted to see. Maybe that's why they kept it to a really, really short three minutes. Three minutes, right? Yeah, was probably it? like between three and five minutes. But all I remember was they came, both sides entered the ring, whoop-ass, tapos na. Point is, I don't think this is the last um, time we've seen this feud. All right, I, I'll, I'll take that then. I mean, if if we can get another five star worthy match, another match of the year candidate in a Shield versus Wyatt's rematch, some uh, sometime later this year, I'll take that. All right, all right. You know what? And we're forgetting one last match on the card. We are forgetting that one last match because it was borderline forgettable. The Vicky Guerrero Divas Invitational. You know what? You can say it was forgettable, but for what it was worth, for what the divas were given, yeah. how much time they were given, they what made they made the most out of it. Yeah, they did make the most out of it. You know, guys, uh, women like Natalia and Tamina and AJ were trying to single-handedly make the most out of this um, clusterfuck of a divas match. Hell, even Bria and Nikki Bella at one point. Of course, because you know they've been getting better, and it's fair. Um, the the general consensus, the consensus on this match was everyone who did not have any business um, wrestling in WrestleMania stayed out of the ring. And, you they know, did the as di- they were told. Yeah, yeah. The divas who could go, go gone, went. They, they did their thing in the ring. And interesting factoid, AJ Lee spent 10 years ago at WrestleMania 20 was in the crowd. 
dreaming to become a professional wrestler. And she, here she was, 10 years later, entering WrestleMania's champion and leaving, still Divas champion. Hey, hey, hey that's interesting. Leaving as champion. Who, did you ever think that he, she was going to walk away as champion Hell tonight? No. I predicted Brie Bella to be the Divas champion by the end of the show. It was either Tamina or any of the Bellas, actually. But um, the whole CM Punk thing was... Gonna, we thought that was going to be a, a factor in AJ losing tonight, but I guess this win proved that there is no CM Punk doghouse, and probably um, more likely than not, mm, CM Punk is you know somewhat in good terms with the WWE, either because they really, they really, he really did walk out in good terms, or they want to preserve good terms just in case he decides to come back, or in case they need him back. So and, uh, with that being said, it was a big surprise and it gives us a lot to think about, especially with regard to not um, status of AJ, but the backstage politics. Because we, we have grown up or we have spent years expecting that if, if, uh, if a wrestler goes, if their partner is still with the company, they take shit for it. That's true. We've seen that happen time and time again. Edge, Lita, Matt Hardy. They all took shit for something that the other person did. Mm-hmm. Helm, uh, at, at some point, Matt Hardy took shit for what for Jeff Hardy leaving. <laughs> That's true. God. Right? Damn it. I still have forgiven Jeff Hardy for that. So you have all of these examples, recent examples, very recent examples. So it, it's, uh, it, it's hard not to think that the same thing could have happened to AJ. Uh, what I'm saying is that that the WWE isn't or whoever is running it, whether it be Vince or si Hunter, um they're not pet they're not that petty. You know, it's all business. Maybe it's it's not all personal and little by little because they've been resolving their long time feuds. I mean they've resolved the Bruno Sammartino feud. They've resolved Bret Hart. Yeah, but they've resolved in, Ultimate yeah. Warrior. That's all in pursuit of money though. You know, bis- Vince is a businessman first and foremost. And that's what's best for business. That is true. WrestleMania 30 was best for business. Everything, almost everything was best for business. Now let's talk about the business of the Pinoy wrestling fan. And, you know, we can't talk about this next thing without mentioning the guys from the Philippine Wrestling Revolution or the PWR. And I just got to say, I have to give these guys guys a huge shout out. I have to give a huge shout out to the guys from PWR for putting together a live viewing party of WrestleMania 30 this morning. How hard, it, it, it must be so hard, hard to actually put this shit together to get a deal to legally broadcast WrestleMania 30 from the network and uh, bring a good 50 to 60 Pinoy wrestling fans, Marks and Smarks alike, in just one place where we could convene and watch and react together. You know what? Man, man, I'm really, you know, I'm really sad that I got, that I wasn't able to come to this viewing party because I have been championing for something like this to happen. And it was it was supposed to be a smart Gilas Filipinas project. Thankfully, PWR beat us to it because it took a lot of pressure. Uh, I mean, it took a lot of pressure off our heads <laughs> and off our hands. And we were just happy to help. We were just happy to help them promote it, happy to be part of it. We were represented by a good, by three members of our group. and Yourself it, included. Myself included. That's right. Thank you. And it was a great experience to just share that, share the reactions, share the shock at Brock ending the streak that way, share the elation of DB kicking Triple H's ass and then DB finally winning. There is nothing like watching a live event with fellow wrestling fans, whether it's um, on TV or on on pay-per-view with, uh, in a bar 
or in this viewing party or online on Facebook on Twitter all the all the witticisms coming back and forth with everything that's happening in the ring it's always a surreal experience so that's why um, I would have wanted to be in this party and but I only had to make do with being on the internet and being making all my wisecracks on the on Twitter and you know what? I really wanted to go. You've seen some crazy shit in the viewing arena, right? You're right, damn right. right. Uh, for one, there were at least two people who went dressed as Bray Wyatt. <laughs> one of them actually had long hair and legit. <laughs> yeah, I saw that in your picture. Man. And he was the same guy who appeared to not give a fuck when Brock Lesnar ended the streak. Uh, I, ha- I have this picture you can actually find on my Instagram. It's, it's at DJStan947. <laughs> where, where you can see uh, you know, most, of the, uh, most of the fans who were in attendance. You in, fucking foley. In utter shock. And and this this Bray Wyatt guy, you know, it's really was kebsha kebsha, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yeah, for lack of a better word, there were guys in Daniel Bryan shirts, CM Punk shirts. There were guys in there was a guy in a Zack Ryder shirt, his very first shirt with a purple headband, and his hair was spiked up. <laughs> oh God, that's how funny that and that's how fun it was. So th- this this is our advice to you: um, if you can watch. You know, a show, a Raw, a SmackDown, a TV, a pay-per-view event, whatever, whatever, what have you. If you can watch it with someone, a fellow wrestling fan, please do so. Because that's how, you know, that's how your fan, your fandom grows. That's how your bond as fans grow. We need to have each other's backs here. Pinoy wrestling fans need to get together. That's something my buddy Romeo has been championing for several years now. And it's something that I grew to understand as well as the years have gone by. Now, uh, feeling now. you're yeah, all yeah. chanting, holy shit together. Exactly, you're all exactly. chanting, yes, and together. And we as a group, as, as a group of Pinoy wrestling fans, we are little, but we are strong. And I think we can get louder. So yeah. we need more events like this. That's what Smart Gilles Filipinas does. That's what Pro, uh, Philippine Wrestling Revolution does. That's what they do. They Take us all together and unite us with our common love for wrestling. And that's what we really need to do more of. Uh, if we can do this for the next pay-per-view, if we can do this for SummerSlam, for Money in the Bank, whatever have you, we need to do it. Somebody from PWR, uh, Uwell Babasa of PWR, posted on Smart Gilas Pilipinas that uh, the next one is probably SummerSlam. And if that's, that's the case for August, uh, I just told him one thing. And I'm going to do this in my best impression or impersonation. You, me... SummerSlam. Yeah, exactly. And if we can start doing this, if we can, if you know, if we pull a lot of people for SummerSlam, hopefully we can start pulling lots of people for every pay per view. This, this, this is something that needs to happen. It just shouldn't happen for soccer matches, for the Super Bowl, for basketball games, the NBA Finals, whatever have you. It needs to happen for wrestling. And here's the big game. Here's the end game for all of this. We want the WWE to notice. We want the WWE to come back. I would be lying if I said that that's not. What I have in mind That's not my ultimate goal I want to see WWE back If not in Araneta Then at SMO Arena I don't care I want them back And I want them to notice The same way that uh, that The NBA Has eventually heard uh, Just how loud Pinoy fans can get Fine we don't have As much money But hey We are loud We are passionate About this shit And if they come over People will come At the end of the day We just want Wrestling in the Philippines To flourish That's all That's all we want man because literally, I say this literally, wrestling never stops. That's true. That is true. It never stops. It, you know, WWE doesn't stop. NA doesn't stop. ROH doesn't stop. They never stop until they die. And we cannot let it die. We can. That is our duty as fans. And with that, we'd like to thank you for being part of the very first Smart Gilas Pilipinas podcast. Cheap pops. <laughs> uh, cheap plugs. Um, quick plugs right now. We have to thank our homies at 
Philippine Wrestling Revolution. That's right. Thank you so much to PWR. You know what they're doing. You know what they're doing. They're trying to set up the first ever, you know, not the first ever, but... They're trying to bring Pinoy Wrestling back. back. Oh, yeah, 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 because... You can't say the first ever because we had Pinoy Wrestling before. Yeah, guys like Joe Poggy. <laughs> anyway, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. Yeah. yeah, so these guys are trying to bring Pinoy Wrestling back. They're trying to do it the right way, if to, so to speak. They're trying to raise funds. They're trying to train Filipinos, young Filipinos who want to wrestle, who want to announce, who want to commentate, want to manage, you know, shit like that. And that's an honorable thing. That's an honorable thing to be doing as wrestling fans. That's right. Philippines. So if you can uh, if you can support them any way you know how, even just by going to their Facebook page or by joining their group on Facebook, do it. Do it for yourself. Do it because you love wrestling. And now, uh, more importantly, you have to find us on Facebook as well because we, as much as we want you to really uh, embrace your being a Pinoy wrestling fan, you have to find us and you have to get in touch with us. We are on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash groups slash smart But if you want to talk to us individually, you can also do, do that on Twitter. You can follow us. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? It's at Stan947 and at Row is War. R-O-I-S-W-A-R. You know, it's a pun. Thank you for spelling it out. And with that, we would like to thank you once again for joining us for the very, very first Smart Gilas Pilipinas podcast. We'll try to do this more regularly and as stuff as, as storylines and issues issues develop. Until then, this has been We're Stan. We're trying to do this, yeah. We're trying to do this regularly, yeah. This has been Stan. This has been Ro. And we would like to see you on the other side. Yes. 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 Yo, peace out.